This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Okay, it's a new season, it's a new look, the warm-up, but it's still the same old Brady Frost and Tom Bradshaw previewing Huddersfield Town Games for you. It's the Plymouth preview episode. Uh, Tom, we are back. Clearly, I can't say Plymouth and preview together. How are you doing? (laughs) I am not bad, mate. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Feeling a bit rusty, as I said to you, so um, I'm sure we'll get into the swing of it. But we are joined by a professional broadcaster here. Uh, We are joined by Lou Reynolds, who is, of course, some fans will know his voice because he's a broadcast journalist at BBC Radio Leeds and West Yorkshire Sport. Louis, how are you doing? I'm good, Brady. I'm glad you're not the only one who thinks you're rusty because come Saturday at two o'clock, I think I will be as well. It's always the case on the first day of the season. So thank you for the nice introduction and I'm really good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No, thanks for coming on. It's your, it's your debut here on and he takes that chance. So you, uh, to get in all the cliches, you're getting any, you know, debut nerve, pre-match nerves? A little bit, yeah. It, it's more I'm glad I'm returning the favour because you've come on BBC Radio Leeds, I mean, all of you, at various times. So it's nice to be able to return the favour. Pre-match nerves, maybe more excitement because uh, I think if you had asked me before this week, are you ready for the football season to come back? I normally say I could do with a couple of extra weekends off. But I think now we've got into it this week from yesterday and we've just done a town look ahead as well with Oggy and Matt. I'm I'm really ready. We've just got to get that drive out of the way on Friday. Yeah, don't envy you with that. And look, ever the professional plugging plug in your stuff. That's what we like to see. Um, so, yeah, Louis, not to rub it in, but I did a little bit of Google Maps in and it's a 315-mile journey for the Terriers to Plymouth home part this Saturday. Um, funny enough, they were down that end of the country for part of their unbeaten pre-season and a barbecue at Neil Warnock's, of course. I'd love to be at that barbecue. I'd love to see what happened there. Um, we're going to be saying this a lot this season because uh, we've got Neil Warnock as manager. Um, but he's familiar with Town's opposition because he managed them uh, between 1995 and 1997. And he led them to Wembley glory in the Division 3 playoff final. And he also admitted, um, I think, uh, with yourself, Louis, if not everywhere, because uh, Neil does like to, uh, you know, make it known. But he admitted that he gave uh, advice to current Plymouth boss, Stephen Schumacher, on a handful of occasions last season. Um, so hopefully he doesn't give him too much come Saturday. But um, yeah, Plymouth, they were, so obviously they're new to the, the championship um, this season. They were promoted as champions from League One, finishing on 101 points, three points clear of second place, Ipswich Town, who are also in the division this season. Um, Louis, I'll come to you first, because you're you're making the journey, as you mentioned, you're going to be commentating on the game this weekend. Are you excited for this first game of the season? Yeah, I am. I, th- I think when the fixtures first come out, you think, oh, wow, Plymouth away on the first day, it had to be that, and that long trip. I think it's nice. It's the opening day. It's um, maybe for a lot of people, it it might be a first time to home park. It certainly is for me. Um, When it comes to football and football matches and football grounds, I love ticking off new grounds like a lot of us do. I'm I'm a self-professed football ground nerd. I I absolutely love it. So the fact I get to go down for work and, and go to Plymouth is great. Will I be enjoying the drive? I've got the company of Oggy and Matty, so that 
remains to be seen. But no, I, I'm really looking forward to this one. And it, it it's nice. And, and, and I think it's very interesting. I think the way Town finished last season can't go underestimated. Plymouth, the, the one of them, because people are talking about Ipswich, aren't they? Like, oh, Ipswich with the momentum. Are they, are they going to finish in the top six? They could be everyone's dark horses. Uh, on the other side of that, people are looking at Sheffield Wednesday and, and tipping them already for relegation. No one really knows where they stand with Plymouth. It feels they could finish mid-table, they could be an outsider for the playoffs, or they could go straight back down. So I'm actually really fascinated to see how this one plays out. Saying that, I think given the way Town finished last season, and obviously the, the first half of the season because it was so poor, for me, Town should be looking at this game, a, a, a team who have been out of the championship for such a while in Plymouth. You want to be eyeing that up and thinking of getting a positive result at the weekend. So I'm really excited to see how it goes, but it's very hard to call. Yeah, definitely. And, and Tom, I suppose um, I was going to ask you the same thing. You never really know of a newly promoted side, but it's the season over. How are you feeling about that one uh, for Town? You don't, do you? Because there can be so much optimis- optimism around the place when you've just been promoted. I mean, I always think the um, the year we got promoted from League One to the Championship the first time in about... In a pretty similar situation, Plymouth have been in actually the first time in about 10 years or something like that. Um, and we had such a good start to that season um, and everyone was lauding Simon Grayson as this this miracle worker. I think we were in the we were in the top three or four, weren't we? In, after the first ten games or something like that, and then it just kind of all went downhill. When I think maybe we lost that kind of, I don't know. It's almost like they got that extra energy from just the excitement and um, got a bit got a bit tired out early on. So you you, you might see Plymouth do something similar to that. Um, they had such a good season last year. So um, there's going to be a bounce there. And I mean, Schumacher is one of these managers that a lot of people are looking at and thinking he's he's got, got something about him, this lad. So yeah, I, I'd, it's going to be a tough test, I think, Brady. It's one of those where, I don't know, we might turn up and and beat him 3-0 or they might do the same. Do you know what I mean? It's, I just feel like it might have that vibe about it. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... Like the the classic, I I always tend to go is like you always get a few weird results early season as well. Um, I think the caveat here, and we'll probably come on to it as well, is like the squads aren't finalised. I always think it's a little bit strange that you can still, um, you know, like head to the transfer window, um, you know, bring in players when you like four or five games in. But we could be uh, talking about a completely different team uh, for town, hopefully, because we we do need those additions as we'll touch on. But yeah, no, it's um. It feels, yeah, um, it's exciting. Uh, I'm kind of with, with you two. It's it's unexpected. And I think um, this is why it's fun to do the preview show for the first game of the season because we've not got anything to, to go on, really. Um, but, Tom, you're going to give us something to go on because the metaphorical ball has gone out for a corner and you're going to take us to a, a history corner. Is that right? Tom's history corner. Yeah, I'm just going just gonna to run through some, uh, some stats about our time uh, over the years against Plymouth. So... Uh, the classic and look I could be so wrong I mean there's probably going to be a town historian like what, what? that's not right but um, through my research Brady we've we've only played them 25 times in our history um, no sorry not no correct correction we've won 25 games against them we've drawn 14 lost 14 that was it so <laughs> so uh, that's a good start to history corner there um, yeah. but it's, it's in his favour, isn't it? Um, first ever meeting in the 1920s. Town won three one that day. Um, I mean, we haven't we haven't played them now in a league game for about ten years. And we played them in the FA Cup, didn't we? Two years ago, 2001, where we lost three two at home. Um, but the last time we played them in a league game, we won three two. Um, Jordan Rhodes was on the score sheet that day, actually. Um, Here's a really optimistic one for you. The biggest result in this fixture fell in favour of Plymouth, a 6-1 defeat away um, at their place in 1987, which was statistically Town's worst ever season. We've only six won, uh, we've only six wins during that season. Um, and one of those wins was actually against Plymouth, so it's a bit like... Um, but it was during the, uh, the famous 10-1 City defeat that as well. Uh, a couple of players who played for both teams. I mean, very, very recently, Brady, 
Ken Kesler Hayden has just signed yeah. for Plymouth, hasn't he? In the last few weeks, um, then we had we had Chris Billy who went when Warnock left left as well um, and ended up at Plymouth. Um, over a hundred appearances for him at Plymouth. Romney Critchlow was on loan a couple of years ago, wasn't he? And then I had another lad down who I remember seeing him at town and thinking, bloody hell, this guy's talented. Um, and he actually went on to Plymouth and be such a good player for them. Um, and he's one of those players that was like, I just think he was happy to settle at League One and just basically be the best player in League One. And that was Graham Carey, who I just thought was such a good player um, on the wing. And he, he actually ended up going on to Plymouth and playing 170 times for them. Um, and then, obviously, you've already touched on it, Brady. Neil Warnock managed Plymouth, got promoted from uh, Division 3. And there you go. There's there's a, a bit of a, a few histor- historical stats for you. Yeah, I like it, Tom. Good start to history corner. You know, we will, like I said, we're a bit rusty here. So you, you know, you didn't beat the first man, but then luckily it's found it <laughs> out and you whipped a good delivery in. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So obviously, Tom touching on that as well. Um, just kind of, we don't really have any form to to go on. Um, I suppose I'll kind of ask you guys about what your thoughts are on pre-season. I know the the lads who did the season preview touched on it there, but that Plymouth have played five games in pre-season, um, which is you know a little bit more than us, but they did lose recently, the most recent one, I think it was about three or four days ago, to Swindon 3-1, um, but they have won three of their other four matches in preparation for the season. Louis, what do you think about pre-season? Do you think we can take anything from it, or is it just, um, you know, is it the classic, like, it's just fitness, we, we you know, we can't, we can't make any conclusions? I, I'm gonna. I'm unfortunately gonna go with the cliche, and it is all about minutes and the legs for me. I, it's hard, isn't it? Because as football fans, we want our team to win, and 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 if if our teams lose, even if it's a friendly, we're we're disappointed. I think, especially in the days of social media as it is, I think some supporters maybe go into a bit of panic mode. I I actually agree exactly with what you said, Brady, before we went to the history corner, in the fact. The transfer window is still open for what another four or five weeks. So I always think any team could have a good start or a poor start, but it's when you get to the third of September and you can see what squad they're actually now going to have until the Christmas period, the new year period, um, more should I say, um, is when you get more of an idea. Obviously, it's nice to see your team have thumping wins over pre-season. You don't want to see them lose. Um, but for me, I'm always like, it's about the fitness. Saying that, on the flip side, I did really enjoy seeing Kyle Hudlin score the winning goal at the weekend. So uh, I've maybe been, uh, you know, gone against my own beliefs there. But I'm I'm saying as long as the fit, which I think under Neil Warnock there will be, we shouldn't read too much into pre-season, whether it's win, lose or draws. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to disagree, Louis. I think I'm, I think I'm similar. But Tom, are you... Uh... Are you of a similar mindset or is it, you know, when, mm. like, say, someone like Hudlin does well, you're like, well, actually, you know, for this, for this season, you might have a you know, player there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, what I take from this preseason, when you, because there was a few games behind closed doors, wasn't there, but um, mm. that, that was a bit more B-team-y layout and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think I take from this preseason that we only conceded one goal, which was pretty, I think, you the, he's doing something right there. I know we played three teams who were basically the equivalent of Golki United almost, um, but to, to only concede the the one goal in the five games is pretty good. I think the Stockport result is quite a impressive one, in my opinion. They're, they're no mug Stockport. I, I don't think they set up that weekly either on, on that game. Um, and then, and I think in those two games, we touched on it, Hudlin... Hudlin actually really impressed and um, especially when him and Harrod were on together that I was actually quite excited by that and uh, it, it's quite a step up going into the championship and it not being that kind of friendly atmosphere that they're playing in but um, I don't know I, I definitely think there's positives to it I, I just I mean the, the positive is we've we've not lost in pre-season it's got to be hasn't it like I think you'd be very worried if out of those those games we'd lost the odd the odd one. So yeah, I mean, um, I follow uh, a QPR fan, and they asked me to do a pre 
pre-season thing for them asking how we'll get on and uh, they lost 5-0 to Oxford and, uh, you know, they weren't happy about that. So, you know, we can think it's one of them, isn't it? Like you say, because we've done well, you don't really give them credit. But also if it went bad, you would certainly be pointing to that as a concern for the season. So it's interesting. It's one of them, isn't it? I suppose uh, that's why we uh, like to chat about it. It gives us something to chat about. But um, Tom, because... um, because we're playing Plymouth for the first time uh, in a while, um, I was really keen to see what they're thinking ahead of the season. You uh, you spoke to someone in our, our fan phone in, didn't you? I did. I had a, a quick call with um, Aaron, the Plymouth fan, and here it is. Hello, this is Tom Bradshaw, and you're listening to the fan phone in. Hello, caller. Tell us about your team. Hello, Argyle fan in peace here. What was your favourite moment of last season? Well, I think there's um, one main one, uh, lifting the League One title away at Port Vale, uh, a 3-1 win, uh, pipping Ipswich Town and Sheffield Wednesday to the post, doing it as Centurions uh, on a on an away day. Um, Port Vale were great hosts as well. Um, just an incredible day. But I think actually my favourite moment, if you were to put it down into one moment rather than a, than a whole season. Um, it would have to be uh, Barley Mumba's equaliser in the 96th, 97th minute on loan from Norwich, smashing one top bins away at Portman Road. What are you looking forward to most about the championship? Competing, just if we can compete. But again, that's quite broad. So a smaller thing about the championship, I'd say the opening day home to Huddersfield Town because I think that is a huge um, gauge of where we're at. I think in the nicest possible way, I don't think we could have been given a better starting fixture and I think you've been written off by everyone including ourselves on our podcast um, to go down Um, and I think yeah, I, I think that's a good starting test but what else am I looking forward to in the Championship? Um playing against some of the big boys again. Who is your favourite player and why? Favourite player would have to be Michael Cooper. I think you're quite lucky that uh, Connor Hazard or Callum Burton look set to start in goal against yourselves as Michael Cooper's out injured till September. So I'll give you one... One... Yeah, Michael Cooper. He's standout player, best player, favourite player. Uh, League One's been named the League One team of the season two years in a row uh, ahead of Bazunu and Trafford. But I'll give you one that you'll actually see. Let's go with um, Callum Wright. I think he's um, he's not the stereotypical Whitaker or Mumba that you'd you know about. Callum Wright has a lot to prove in the Championship, I think. He's, uh, he's let go. He was sold by Leicester to Blackpool. Uh, and then not used by Blackpool in their relegation season from the Championship. So I think he has a lot to prove. He came on leaps and bounds. Uh, we signed him in January last season, and he complemented our crop incredibly well. Who is your manager, and what are your thoughts? Stephen Schumacher is, without doubt, without doubt, the best manager in the EFL for in-game changes and... Um, but both tactical and personnel. 22 goals came from substitutes last season, 27 points from losing positions. If we fall behind, Schumacher gives us belief that we'll get something from the game. And yeah, won the league of 101 points. You can't can't really slate a manager that does that and there's nothing to slate him for. What summer signing are you most excited about? Everybody knows about uh, Mumba and Whitaker, but I think the one I'm excited for as a as I play in defence for a Sunday league team, I am a defender at heart. And I think the one I am looking forward to seeing is Julio Pleguazelo. Um, he is a centre-back who has been in the academies of uh, Espanyol, Barcelona and Arsenal. He's returned to England because his family are here from his early days in at Arsenal, he's a our first ever Spaniard and he has turned down the chance to play European football, albeit Europa Conference, but still European football with SA20. 
uh, to sign for Plymouth Argyle. So that that just in itself is absolutely madness. It'll either be an incredible signing or a complete a complete flop. And I hope it is the former rather than the latter. What are the best pubs for away fans? It's your best bet is to hit the Barbican. So down in the harbour, um, the Barbican, as it's known locally, um, yeah, there's quite a few around there. The, the, up near the ground, there's not really much. There's a Weatherspoons, but that's home fans. Um, yeah, your best bet, go in town. There's plenty of um, buses and, and taxis and stuff that should take you to the ground if, if needs be. But it's a nice little walk, albeit up a hill. Um, to the ground from the city centre. Hopefully, if it's sunny on Saturday, that would be the best place to be anyway. What are your expectations for the season? Just stay up. I'm not... A lot of people will be um, tipping us for bigger things than than is necessary. Uh, The second tier podcast have us in 12th. I think not the top 20 have us quite high. Um, And yeah, don't... For me, I wouldn't listen to any of that. We are still five or six bodies short of a competitive championship squad. Uh, playing us on the opening day might be your best bet as well. I think that's a fairly even fixture because the transfer window hasn't shut yet. So, yeah, expectations are purely just stay up. And what score do you think it will be against Huddersfield Town? See, I was talking to Matt of uh, this parish Um about this game, and I think he seems to think it'll be quite tight, but I think either we'll get battered or we'll batter you. So let's go score prediction. Let's go 3-1, but I'm not saying who to. Wishing you all a safe trip down to Plymouth. I know it's a long way. We have to do that 23 times in the season, so... Uh, I don't feel that sorry for you, but I hope you all get down there safe. Enjoy the barbecue, enjoy the game, and hopefully we keep the three points in Plymouth. There we go, Brady. A a brilliant chat that was. Um, He was obviously very optimistic, happy um, about the last season. Um, He's quite optimistic about Saturday, actually. Um, uh, I I think he seems to think they will have some sort of bounce coming off last year and... um, He's he's kind of taking note what a lot of people are saying and putting us down in that kind of bottom three this year and um he he wasn't kind of, he didn't kind of shy away from that but uh, he he seems pretty happy with it he doesn't think they're gonna he doesn't think they're gonna be one of those teams like you mentioned Louis that that could break into that kind of top six because he still thinks they're a few players short so it'd be um, interesting what they do in that this remaining month as well, Brady, like you've touched on. Yeah, I think they've signed well as well, to be fair. Um, certainly if you <clears throat> eye-catching things and you talked about Kessler Hayden earlier, I'd be really intrigued to see how he gets on with the full season because um, not that it particularly mattered, but, uh, you know, I still think recalling him when he was just looking good and bringing in Matt Loughton, um yeah, that didn't work out, did it? So, uh, yeah, no, be interesting because I think he showed a little bit and, you know, he was coming to the end of his loan spell. But, um, yeah, just before just before we go to the break, um, it's time for everyone's favourite. Uh, it's Kwana's question. A few things, the things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. So, Kwana's question this week was, as I mentioned earlier, there's 315 miles separating the John Smith Stadium and Plymouth Town Park. Uh, so we wanted to know from the listeners, and I will be asking Louis and Tom, uh, what the furthest distance you've travelled to watch Huddersfield Town. Uh, so the first one straight away, literally 20 seconds after uh, we put this out, uh, from Chris Jowett, and he said it was Exeter away in 1976, lost 4-1 with Arnie Sidebottom scoring our consolation goal. However, the supporters club beat uh Exeter Supporters Club 8-5. So I was like, you know, take the positives out of that. Who's the real winner? Who yeah. is the <laughs> <laughs> The other one. So this is, I think this is going to be anything um, I've got, certainly. And we've got quite a few of these. But uh, Cam Fry said he travelled 1,245 kilometres or 774 miles. They give you both. That's what we do on this podcast. Um, Cam travelled that distance with his son from his hometown, Dolbergen, near Hanover in Germany to see town at Blackpool. But unfortunately for him, as he mentioned, it was that dreadful 2-all 
after against oh. Blackpool <laughs> last season where we were in front twice against 10 men. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, might as well stay down. Exactly. However, he did stay. I, I, me- I uh, messaged him saying, oh, that's unlucky. But he did stay for Neil's first game in charge against Birmingham. So uh, at least he got that. That's, that's very town for me. You've got, you got the good <laughs> and the bad there. Um, yeah, and I think this is the best one. Obviously, we know Jerry Hinnon. Uh, he travelled quite a distance. I forget what it was. But um, Alison Charlesworth, she said uh, she travelled 5,230 kilometres, which is 3,250 miles from Mystic, uh, Connecticut, which is what a great name for a place that is Mystic, because um, she worked in the USA for two and a half seasons and she managed about three games a season, which is some going. I think that's very yeah. impressive and certainly beats anything I've got. Um, yeah, there was plenty of uh, quite the distances and it just kind of shows you um, I know we like to talk town down but quite a few fans making a lot of distance to, to get there. Um, so yeah, um, Louis, what about yourself? What's the furthest distance you've travelled? Um, we're kind of talking about this before you were recording. It's nowhere near as impressive as coming from Germany or the USA, I'm afraid. It, it, to be fair, it's over borders country-wise. It, it's probably Swansea away. 263 yeah. miles. I'll have to check that in K. Um, there and back, obviously. And it's funny because I've done the last two trips to Swansea. They were both 1-0 defeats. And I kid you not, guys, it, you could have, the second time I went, you could have just played a carbon copy of the game from the season before. It was drab. Both sides were drab. Uh, Swansea, I, I recall in both games, got a pretty lucky goal, especially in, in in the one under Neil Warnock. It took a big deflection in the second half. And I remember just leaving the ground and all three of us just felt a little bit deflated. So it'll definitely be Swansea in terms of distance. Uh, this season just gone, though, the reward was we did Swansea. Two weeks later, the three of us did Cardiff, uh, which is uh, 40 miles less. But obviously, that was a great day out, even yeah. though it threw it down with rain all day. So around South Wales. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. It sounds like you're stuck in a kind of Twin Peaks situation with Swansea then. So, yeah. you know, hopefully you don't have to cover it this season. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad luck omen when it comes to Swansea away. So apologies in advance if I'm put on that game this season. Yeah, well, well, listeners, you know who to what to text in about if uh, Lou is covering that game. <laughs> so not that we want to give you abuse, Louis. That's save, save it for us, guys. But um, Tom, what about yourself? What's the furthest distance you, you did? Um, well, I've done Plymouth once before, and that was um, an experience. Got the coach as well, and everything. So we, I think, we were up at about something stupid, like four o'clock in the morning uh, to travel down. Um, and they lost two one. I think that was the the last. So the last season we we met them in the league. So twenty eleven, I think. Um, yeah, it was a it was a weird place. Um, but that <laughs> they've done a lot of they've done a lot to the ground since then as well because I remember the big stand to the left where the where you are on the away end, um, basically was just empty because I think it was basically falling down. Um, and then I c- kind of cut a holiday short in France and travelled back for the Villa away game in twenty sixteen seventeen um, season. And I think that was a, just over 500 miles. So, a bit of proclaimers potentially on the way then. So, yeah. was that the Heffley game where it went off? Yeah, his off yeah, his yeah. ass. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful night. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, yeah, mine's mine's very tame in comparison. Um, mine was the 2022 20, uh, player final. I I actually uh, went away for my girlfriend's birthday and we went to Robin Hood's Bay. I left in the morning from Robin Hood's Bay to get to Wembley. Um, Luckily, it all turned out well, though, um, you know, given that game. <laughs> but, yeah, it took me about <laughs> 6,260 miles. The, um, the day so, of the playoff yeah. final, I'm mean, I'm intrigued to hear this. That wasn't the day of your girlfriend's actual birthday, was it? No, it was the day. Nice, good answer. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It was the day... It was the day before, I think. I think. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving quickly on. <laughs> Got yeah. me sweating earlier. <laughs> <joking. laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it's probably a good time for a break because we're approaching half time here. So if you like me, when you're watching down at home, uh, like to nip down to the concourse and get yourself a tasty refreshment at the bar. Um, while we have an ad break, don't forget you can get ten percent off all online orders with the code. A-H-T-T-C-10 at magicrockbrewing.com. Tom's very 
very expertly doing some product placement there, drinking some Magic Rock beer out of his Magic Rock glass. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> use the code. And, uh, oh, I forgot to do this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see our little little ticker for that. Um, if it shows, there it shows. Lovely stuff. Right, okay, we're going to take a break and we'll come back. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, so we've done the first half focusing on Plymouth. Uh, so if you like, we've swapped sides. We're going to look at town. Uh, so let's get stuck into them, chaps. Um, we sent out a Twitter poll asking fans how they're feeling uh, about the season ahead of our opener uh, against Plymouth. And so the three, op- well, there's four options. There was calm, confident, concerned or other. Um, and I will come to you both and ask your opinions. But uh, in terms of people feeling about the season before this game on Saturday, 53% said they were calm, 15% said they were confident, 30% said they were concerned, and 2% said other. Um, so, yeah, Tom, there's a few options that I was a little bit surprised. Um, the calm won by 53%. How are you feeling out of all those? I, I actually am feeling calm. Okay. Um, I actually think I'm in that kind of... I just think Warnock. I mean, it might get a bit, he might get a bit nervy at times, but I just think he'll do us a do us a job this year. And I kind of think that's the only reason he is here. It's just to have that stability and know. I mean, it's not a guarantee. Obviously, it's not a guarantee, but it's 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 he's gonna give it. He's gonna give us the best chance if if we aren't gonna bring many more bodies in um of keeping us in this division. So I'm kinda calm from that point of view, I think. Um yeah, what about you? Um well <laughs> I'll 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 temper <laughs> this because uh I know the, the lads got a few uh, comments because they were uh, came across as maybe a bit negative um with some of the feedback. I, I am concerned. Um I think what I will caveat is I think this is how I'm feeling now before this game on Saturday. And then I appreciate we've still got the transfer window. We've said we want to bring in these people. But I'm a little bit concerned that um, although Warnock got a lot out of the squad, um, we have let a lot of people go. And you know, while they're not first-team starters, I think it does make the squad a little bit... Our starting eleven still really good, but I think the squad is a little bit thin currently. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned because I think it's asking a lot from Neil Warnock, who obviously came in and did miracles last season. Uh, I think it's asking a lot with him, even with his kind of magic wand with the squad currently. Um, yeah, I, I kind of it's interesting. You look at the predictions and we're, we're down there. We are in a relegation scrap, and I don't, I don't really disagree at time of recording. So I, I am a, a little bit worried. Midfield actually worries me. I know there's all this talk about a striker, but. Quite light in midfield, and um, you're asking a lot of some youngsters to perform. And look, if anyone can get a tune out of the squad, we saw it's Neil Warnock. But yeah, I think um, I think it might be asking a lot. But Louis, kind of same question for you. How are you feeling about town this season? I, I think it's a tough one. I I totally understand your concerns and, and other people's concerns. I think I know we're going to talk about transfers. You, you're spot on with the midfield. Um, I, I I am more on the calm side though simply because the the poor runs that town went on last season i can't see that happening under neil warnock now you know we can all happily admit can't we 
that the the town squad at the moment certainly isn't the best on paper in the championship. I mean, you only have to look at Leicester and Southampton, don't you, to to know that's not the case. But we know what Neil Warnock does best. He gets a tune out of players. He gets players running through a brick wall for him. I don't feel with him in the dugout, things will get as bad as it did last season. I'll hold my hands up after Coventry at home last season, walked out the ground and I was like, even with Neil Warnock, this team's done. Um, I said that when we left uh, the Bet365, uh, that awful evening at the Bet365, just before Neil Warnock came back. I, I can't see myself or I can't see the team getting to a point where people start thinking that. Um, I think there's a lot to be said in the EFL, in, whether that's the Championship League 1 or League 2, about effort, commitment, desire, working for each other. Yeah, I agree with you. They are a bit light in certain areas. But I'm verging on calm simply because I, I can't see them getting themselves in a predicament like they did last year. Yeah, I think that's a really fair point and um, probably good for the listeners given how, uh, <laughs> you know, it was quite... Uh, <laughs> I think the lads were quite... Um, Realistic, I'd say, but maybe some people would say pessimistic. But um, look, we, you know, football's about opinions. So that's all I will say. Um, what I think is interesting, I know we touched on earlier about preseason, how town are actually unbeaten in preseason. Um, we talked about how can you read much into that. But something I wanted to kind of remind people um, was Neil Warnock's second spell as town manager and actually, you know, talking about how good a job it was. So, he played. We, he was in charge for 15 matches. We won seven of those, drew four and lost four, and he got 25 points out of 45. Um, Tom, are you? I don't. You know, we've had a little conversation. I'm not expecting you to say it's going to be like that for this season, but are you expecting you know kind of good form to to maybe continue for the start of the season? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think I think if you've got. And Cosy has mentioned this before, and he's he's mentioned like how when Warnock was with Sheffield United, and they pretty much did the same Warnock preseason, and you kind of just get that morale up, and I mean it's it works. He he's it's tried and tested. He's done it with Cardiff. He did it with Sheffield United. Did it with QPR. Do you know what I mean? So I I do think I think it will almost look. Someone else mentioned it that us staying up last year almost felt like we got promoted, weirdly enough, <laughs> to the championship. So we might be in a very similar similar situation to Plymouth where there is a bit of kind of excitement in the camp. There's the, 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 there's the group look really happy, the videos that I've seen, everyone looks really together. Everyone obviously is there to play for Neil Warnock. So I, I do think we could see some, some of this form continue, especially at the start of the season. Um, and but then the concern is if if we do pick up injuries like we did last year, to continue that. Oh, we've lost him, but he's returned. He's back. back. Did you hear the end of that? I didn't, but you can tell us all. I'll, I'll keep this in as well. Okay, I just said. I, I did. You get to if we get injuries. No, carry on. Okay, it was basically. I think. I think if we. The the concern is, Brady, if we did start to pick up injuries this year, um, is the squad depth big enough to to keep any form going? Possibly not. Mm. No, I think that's a really good point. But um, Louis, obviously, you were at a lot of presses last year with Neil, and Tom talked about that good morale. Um, I'm guessing you could kind of see that with the interviews and with the player interviews. Do you do you think that was really? I don't know. I'm assuming that's really important, obviously, to have good morale. But can you can you feel that maybe? I know you're speaking to to uh, Neil on Thursday, but do you think do you kind of get that from looking from the outside with preseason? Do you think that kind of good morale is going to carry on? Uh, I I certainly think so. I think going back to last season, I, th- I think what was interesting when when Neil came back to the club, it was suddenly all about him which some people might say isn't a good thing and and people shouldn't make it all about them. I think that's actually what that squad needed last season um, because they're under so much criticism, under so much pressure. Neil Warnock came in and suddenly the story wasn't Huddersfield Town being in this horrible relegation battle. It was about Neil Warnock and Sharon letting him have one last chance. And that transpired to the players. I, I, I remember thinking very early on after he came back, thinking... 
he seems really relaxed <laughs> given the challenge ahead. But the players started feeling a bit calmer. And it, he mentioned he, he name-checked Romani Edmonds-Green pretty early on, I think after the Birmingham game. And, you know, he just talked Oggy through. He put an arm around his shoulder and said, this is what I want from you, and I think you can do it. And if you just... I, I mean, I think it's it's important in any walk of life. If you're a good man-manager and you can keep that morale up, I, I think that's massive. It's very privileged in the job we do. We we, we cover a few Bradford games, um, as I'm sure you know. Um, and we did a few games last season with Lee Duxbury, who, of course, played at town. I know a lot of the listeners will be familiar with his name, was part of the team that won promotion at Wembley under Neil Warnock. And he... It, you know, he tells the classic stories, the pre-seasons, the trips to the pub, the bowling trips, the playing cards in his backyard. And he said, honestly, you can't underestimate how important that is because you would go out on the pitch on Saturday and you might lose or you might not put 10 out of 10 in, but effort-wise and commitment-wise, you would do all you can because of the man in the dugout. So I think that in terms of morale is massive and and that is a really long winded answer to your question Brady so I do apologize for that but I I really can see the morale stay in there I I think they're excited I spoke to Tom Edwards last week he can't wait to get going he said it's a long old trip but you know he spoke to Neil and and now he can't wait to get going and playing competitive games and I think that'll transcend through the whole squad no, no, no worries at all. It wasn't long-winded. I think um, I think we needed that positivity, uh, given the the preview was was a bit frank, I'd say. So, um, no, no, good to hear, Louis. Um, you touched on some of the new additions, Tom. Uh, obviously, at time of recording, it's only Chris Maxwell and and Tom Edwards, as Louis mentioned there. Um, what do you kind of make of those moves? I know we've not really touched on them. Um, I think Edwards is quite a, quite could potentially be quite an exciting one. Um, I didn't realise how young he was. To be fair, when uh, <laughs> I thought when when I saw we'd sign him, I just thought he was one of um, Stokes' potential. Do you know what I mean? Uh, he's been there for ages, but it, he has been there for a while. But he was young when he when he broke on the scene, wasn't he? So um, yeah, I actually think I actually and I did I did think in the friendly he looked he looked pretty good. I mean that throwing's going to be going to be a, a a good. Arsenal, what do you call it? Ooh, words, Secret sorry, <laughs> See, isn't it? It's got, it looked great. Um, I don't know about Maxwell. I mean, um, Matt Matt had a nice little summary of him, like his time at Preston. He was pretty good, and then he went to Blackpool and wasn't so good. But then you could say, was he a bit of a secret agent from uh, the Preston side at the time? Um, so I mean, as a backup to Lee Nichols, as long as we keep Lee Nichols. Um, I think I think it's a sensible one. Yeah, I I mean I did a tweet uh, when we signed Edwards. Obviously, a little bit tongue in cheek about uh, quoting him on that throw he learned from Rory Delap, and I was like, oh, here we go, Warnock. Uh, I can see that being launched into Carl Hudlin's six foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, your body, but yeah, no. Um, I think it's it's the classic, isn't it? It's a bit like I was I was talking about this. It's kind of the comparison when you review seasons um, and I was like, you know, these aren't the most exciting signings. They're probably going to come late in the window, fingers crossed, but you'd be saying how good these, you know, we needed a right back. We probably did need a, a, a second choice um, who's a bit closer to Nichols. And I think if these had come after the more exciting signings, you'd probably be looking at this as, you know, good additions. Whereas I think because, let's be honest, it's not sexy to sign a second choice goalkeeper and a right back. So um, yeah, I uh, I'm kind of with you. But yeah, I, I've um, yeah we spoke to. I'm, I'm sure listeners might have seen on our social channels, but spoke to Ben Rowley, who's a who's a Stoke fan, and he, he was saying you could do a lot worse than Tom Edwards. Um, it's kind of you know stuff going on behind the scenes with with a manager previously mm. that he didn't get get a look in. But Barnes and fans seem to. And seem to rate him as well. So yeah, I think it's I think it's an exciting one. Um, but we'll kind of come back to the to the the game yourself because it's time for you're the boss and how I'll be keen to say how you guys would uh, approach this. So Plymouth are slight favourites for this. I was having a quick look at the odds, but um, I think that's probably due to home advantage and it's a bit of a hard one to call as we were touching on. But Louis, what do you kind of make of this context uh, contest from a Huddersfield perspective? Do you? think it's a game we'll be kind of going to win or do you think we'll kind of use it as a 
get our feet under the table, maybe a point's not so bad away from home. I think given the distance, and I, and I know some people won't like to hear this, and I think given the momentum that Plymouth will obviously have, I don't think a point on the opening day would be the worst thing in the world. Um, as we said in the first half, it's so hard to call, isn't it? A team who have got 101 points, even though it's in the league below, are clearly a good team. They're clearly going to have momentum. Um, but I, I, I do think Huddersfield Town, especially as as we keep coming back to it, under Neil Warnock, and we know Neil will do that, of course they should go down there looking to win it. You know, I think... I think it's fair to say if it was Leicester away on the first day of the season, you'll be like, right, what's our second game? We can write that off and see what happens because look at the money Leicester have spent and they've got a good squad anyway. Um, but now I don't see any reason why Town shouldn't go there to win that. However, if they do walk away with a 1-1 a or an entertaining 2-all, I, I don't think anyone would be that disappointed. Um, but saying that, Leicester at home, there's Middlesbrough to come, there's some tough opponents in that first cluster of fixtures, isn't there? So I think, given the fact Plymouth have just come up, I would be looking to go and win that if I was the manager. And I'm sure Neil will be. Oh, absolutely. Tom, do you share the same sentiment? Do you think uh, we should... Uh, it's a, You know, it is early, but we've got a, an interesting... Some would say on paper quite maybe a bit hard of an opening run, so would you be targeting this one as one of the easier games for a win? I, I wouldn't say easy, but I'd I'd say um, I I would I'd have it as a yeah. Come on, you've got to be looking at. You almost want to say to the players, right? You, we've got to put these lads in their place. They've just come up. We can't can't let them get at us early on. You you want to keep the fans quiet early on if Town can get an early goal first 15, 20 minutes because it, look it's going to be a great atmosphere in there and it's sold out. Um, they'll be buzzing back in the championship. Fingers crossed the weather's nice. It'll be like a nice day down there and all that. It would be, it'd probably be an excellent atmosphere. Um, and basically, Town have just got to go there and spoil the party. Um, and I think you you might have to... I mean, I, and if if you want a manager in charge for that kind of thing, um, it's probably Neil Warnock as well. Absolutely. Oh, well, guys, you really... Uh, you're bigging me up. I, I feel like... Uh... I'm getting a sense of deja vu here. I feel like uh, I'm not so sure about a game and then I listen to, to who we have on and I get all excited. Um, but we'll move on because we'll, uh, we're just about to finish off there, but we'll come on to our match predictions. So um, we always do our match predictions uh, normally as, as we do, but this year we're actually going to keep track of it. So um, I'll come to <laughs> I'll come to you both. Um, we're going to do a little spreadsheet and keep a tra- track of it all season, and we'll see um, if you, the guests win overall or if me or Tom are victorious. So I'm excited for this. So Tom, I'll come to you first. What's your first match prediction of the season? Give me a um, scoreline. Ooh, I mean, is it will be a very tough game, um, but. I'm just I'm just confident off the the kind of the, the back end of preseason and hopefully the players are are all together. Um, oh, it's really difficult this Brady because I I kind of want to say a town win, but just in the back of my mind, I just think it will be a draw. I think maybe one all one all draw. That's what I'll go with. Okay, so you're going with one all draw. Yeah. Okay. So how we'll work it, if listeners are bothered to know, it'll be three points for a correct result um, in terms of scoreline and one point if you get uh, if it's a win or a draw. Um, you'll also get a bonus point if you get one of the correct scorers. So, Tom, uh, who are you predicting to score for town? Uh, Josh Karoma. Lovely stuff. Louis, what about yourself? What's your match prediction for this one? I'm... I'm going to be more optimistic. You've probably noticed actually over the course of the last 30 to 40 minutes, I'm quite an optimistic guy. I think Plymouth will certainly have momentum. I think Tom's bang on. It'll be an absolutely brilliant atmosphere. I'm so excited to go um, and, and, and cover the game. And that's a massive privilege. Um, I do think, again, like Tom says, Town will take the lead. And I think that will just completely pardon the pun because we're in Plymouth take the wind out of their sails um, <laughs> and then I could see town in in true Neil Warnock fashion and I mean this with the best will in the world soaking up a bit of pressure in that second half uh, then getting a second goal and winning 2-0 I, I, I'm I'm optimistic for town I am 
Yes, yes, Louis. Who are you predicting to score? So this is a tough one. I'm going to go, and it's a bit of a wild card. I'm going to go with Sorba Thomas for one because Ooh. he's got a point to prove. And it, it, you look back at last season, you think, why would you let Sorba Thomas go to a, a, champ, a fellow championship team on loan? Anyway, that's in the past. Um, it seems Neil Warnock has taken a bit of a shine to him this preseason, doesn't it, from an outsider looking in? I think he'll want to prove a point. Could be wrong. And then I'm going to go for um, either Heilick or uh, Pearson from a corner. A nice header. I mean, Pearson became accustomed to that last season. So one of the defenders. If I've got to choose, we'll go Pearson. Nice. Okay. So I like this because obviously, you know, not that uh, Louis knew coming into this, but if you go for more scores and get those correct goal scorers, you could really, uh, you could really win this. <laughs> um, I like it. I like your positivity, Louis. We need that, particularly after last season for two thirds of it. Um, I'm also going to go for, uh, I think uh, you're exactly right, Tom, like you were saying. I think they'll be bouncing its first game of the season in the new league. They were champions. And I do think they'll cause us problems. But who's really good at sucking the life out of stuff and ruining the party? Neil Warnock. I'm going to go 1 0 town. And I'm going to go for Neil Warnock's son, as he regularly referred to at the event he did at the town hall, uh, Danny Ward. I think Danny Ward is going to get the winner for town classic fashion cool right here's hoping anyway um but we have approached full time normally anyway but we do have a little bit of extra time additional time in this podcast so we're going to move on to the mailbag you've got mail to come first with mark harrison's question mark regularly sends us stuff so thank you mark he was saying our town better with one or two up front uh, he says, with our current squad, three five two looks like the best option to him. Tom, thoughts? You talked a little bit about Harrod and Hudlin, um, but yeah, what what do you think? I'd, I'd, I'd probably say yeah. I mean, just from off, I feel like over that preseason we played better when we had two up front. Oh, it just looked a bit more exciting. Um, I really did think when Harrod and Hudlin came on against. Um, Heravin, Heravin, I can't, I, I, that's how you pronounce it, I don't know. Um, I did think they looked exciting together. I think Harrett has really kind of progressed this season. So, um, yeah, I, I would say yes to Mark with two up front. Nice. Louis, what about yourself? I mean, you'll have time to probably pull over this on the, on the drive down. Um, yeah, yeah I, it is a tough one because I'm really keen to see Kian Harrett Um this season, I saw a bit of him at Bradford last season, didn't really get a massive chance there and in the end didn't really work out as as for reasons we know why. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing Kean. I'm really interested to see Kyle Hudlin, especially in league action. I think I would still stick with one up top um, and some people might disagree with me. I would still go with Danny Ward up top and the reason being I'd then play three behind him. I'd play Rodoni in the number 10 and I'd have Sorber and Josh Caroma on the wings. I think the players you can play in that more attacking midfield role as the manager, they're the ones you'd be looking at that maybe cause a few more problems than playing your Harrits and your Hudlins together up front. Mm. For now, I would like to, you know, see that experiment at some point this season, you know, maybe coming off the bench, maybe switching to that. Obviously, we all know Neil's so tactically astute. He will change it up at times. I think for Plymouth, I'd definitely be looking to have Sorber and Josh on those wings and Danny Ward yeah. on top. I think the two has worked really well when the game has been stretched in these yeah. in these preseasons, on it? And that's what that's that's a real for me, that's quite a good sign, isn't it? It's like um if for example, when, when they went down to ten men the other day and then when teams are kind of trying to get back into a game, if we have that option to bring on the two and go more attacking rather than more defensive as well, it's quite it's, it's quite nice to see. Well, isn't it? Watford away last season was a great example, yeah. wasn't it? When he brought Harrett on. So, and yeah, but then maybe I'm just thinking too much about my football manager's tactic with one up top. So <laughs> I stick to that religiously. No, 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 you're, uh, you're in good company, Louis. I, you know, we regularly talk about football manager on here and formations. Um, yeah, no, I was, I was having a look into this. The boring answer is, you know, we, we tend to switch it up a lot, which I think is good. Um, because I think looking at that Harrowing game, I saw Stephen Chicken, but we kind of like four, that four-two-three-one on the ball, and then three-five-two off it. Um, I think I quite like the three-five-two, but I think it's a classic case of like 
depends on the the game situation. Sorry to be boring mm. and who, the opposition because I think um, you know the one that stood out to me. You know, talking about Josh Karama because he's been mentioned, but when we were playing a two against Sheffield United in that must-win game, Josh Karama was unplayable for yeah. half an hour in that game. Um, and I think he really benefits having a runner like Ward. But as you both have touched on, having options like Harrett and Hudling, um, although, you know, they're young lads, but, you know, they, they have shown that they can contribute, you know, in small amounts. So, yeah, um, interesting. I, I, I think it's good. Like I know we talked about the lack of squad and you're asking a lot of young lads to do stuff, but we do have some options and some some different options, which I think is is good. And um, our final question is from Marcus Berlet. He says, an obvious one, um, but what position do you think we need to still recruit for the season? He's also asked if we've got any specific names. Tom, I'll throw it straight to you. I don't have any specific names, um, but you might do. Um, they might be realistic. They might not. Um. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't really have any specific names. I think they touched on it very um, interestingly, a very good point as well. I think Matt made it on the preview of the season podcast uh, about how it's, it might be quite difficult to sign people because they only know Warnock's here for a season, so they're coming to play for a, they're only coming to play for a season. He said, "Is that why Edwards is only here on loan?" Kind of thing as well. So I think you've got to look in the loan market. Um, it's difficult. There's a few freebies that you could potentially. Say, oh, maybe who have also played with played under Warnock. I thought Jack Colbeck uh, would have been a good one to get for a year, but he's just gone to QPR today, so that's a shame. Um, and then maybe you look down into into League One, but have Town got the cash to maybe spend money on someone like I don't know Callum Styles or um, I don't know Brady Max Bird. Do you know what I mean? Those kind of players, some someone who who's young and hungry, but I think Matt did um, Matt 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 <laughs> Matt did a really good article that you should read about Jonathan Hogg and it he did a, a good kind of metric of Towns got one really really experienced midfielder and then all the others kind of fall in the category of um, learning they're still learning we need someone in between so um, yeah I, I think you're right Brady in the sense that. Attack it, yeah. Every, you always need a striker. Everyone's going to say striker every season, but this year we might actually might actually need a midfielder more than anything. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I think yeah, Matt's Matt's matrix as you kind of uh, that's a nice alliteration there. I I think that's really telling because even you think you know you assume Diara's like a you know, one of the youngsters and you kind of think, oh, maybe Rodoni and Kasuma are experienced, but they're still like in their early 20s. So um, that's the position that kind of sticks out for me. I think, um, we've, you know, we do need that for me, like a really good passer. I always think of um, someone where I'd love to get, and obviously, obviously played for us before, but like Ollie Norwood, I feel like we need someone like that who's going to make it tick and like, you know, play those really clever balls. And yeah, um I don't think Town could get him, but yeah, that's that's kind of what we need. So I'm with you, and I do think um, you know it's clear. I think it's no surprise, but like it doesn't seem like Jordan Rhodes is very fancied. And you talk about the the gap between youth as, as much as we talked about the positives of Harrett and Hudlin. Again, they're young lads. I think anything they do is good is a bonus, really. And you know, I do think you've only really got Danny Ward, who's an experienced striker. So if Rhodes is going to go out the door, which from the sounds of it maybe the case then i think um yeah i think we do need someone to bridge that gap as well it's it's interesting how both kind of have a similar thing we need someone at that kind of maybe at the peak really um you know like 26 27 um but they're not cheap so uh yeah we'll, we'll have to see louis what about yourself where do you think town need to look at i think it is the obvious ones it's it's the central midfield especially as much as we all love jonathan hogg with all due respect to him like he's not getting any younger is he we we know he'll do a great job <clears throat> i think tom made the point earlier you have to worry if there's injuries um you know some of the i'm i'm interested to see how jack Radoni gets on because i think he actually had a good 15 games under neil warnock and there's clearly a player in there but you've got to be looking at you know if if you're warnock or or you know, you have to be looking at bringing a central midfielder. It's such a shame, such a crying shame 
and I'm sorry to bring them both up, how Harry Toffolo and Lewis O'Brien's oh, Forest careers have gone. You, you had to bring it, you had to mention those names. <laughs> you know, but I all, just... all I would say is if, if town are feeling a bit adventurous, could they maybe say how much would it be to take someone on yeah. loan like that? Look at a Forest who have a massive squad. Um, I think, I think the, the gem is unearthing a Premier League loanee from a big club, a la Levi Colwell, uh, either in midfield or up front, isn't it? More Levi Colwell than Tino Andrin, maybe, who came with so much promise with all due mm. respect to him. Um, Max Bird was one I was going to say, Tom. Um, I've seen a few yeah. rumours flying around. All I can say is that I think they are just rumours that yeah. all were sniffing around him. You'd imagine, though, Derby would want quite a big fee for someone like Max Bird because they rate him really highly. Um, mm. don't they? And, and he might want to stay under Paul Warren and, and you know, Derby look favourites to win that league. He might want to be a part of that. So I think central midfield's vital. I think, again, me being optimistic, if I was feeling cheeky, I'd ring up Nottingham Forest and say, go on, then let's take him back on loan uh, for a season. Um, I mean, don't, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy because he's out of favour there. He's not going to, He's not going to get in again, is he? They, no. They'll, they'll, they, they, that last season they bought players just to keep them up, and the way their chairman works, they'll be now probably looking to recruit more and push on. And unfortunately, I just don't think O'Brien fits in that picture. I, th- I think the thing, the thing is, and and you know, people might say I'm being a bit realistic with this. I think I think out of favours, key Tom. You're right. He probably won't get back in that squad. I can't imagine him being on the highest wages in the world. Um, you know, he, he was linked with Leeds, wasn't he, before he went to Forest? He, he's not going to be linked with a, a side near the top of the table, I don't think. If he does want to rebuild his his career, rebuild's maybe a bit of a strong word, then, then, then why not? It's certainly worth asking the question whether they do or not. Who knows? Mm. Um, but I would be looking at someone like that. He knows the club, he loves the club, and, and we know what we know what he can do. Oh, well, thank you, Louis, because I can do a very salacious tweet. BBC journalist says Louis has right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Oh, and I'm really not going to Plymouth so. if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, I, I, yeah, I'd love it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's weird, and it? I don't feel like we've ever replaced him. So, who better to replace Louis O'Brien? <laughs> I mean, I do have another name that I'll throw out if I want to upset you even more. And right. and I would look at someone and and he's now playing in America like Lewis O'Brien, but but someone, not him specifically, but maybe someone of the ilk of Matthias Click, who's okay in his thirties now. He's got a lot of championship experience. Okay for the lot down the road, but he's been in successful championship sides. Looked pretty good in the Premier League in spells. It's that kind of player, I think town need to be looking at who like you say maybe not as old as Jonathan Hogg but not someone mm. you can class as a youngster you want someone a bit like you said about Ollie Norwood who can di- dictate the play who's been there and done it a little bit a little bit streetwise and I think that kind of player is someone a Norwood a click someone like that Warner could love that again you can maybe start a list of Louis stupid transfer suggestions yeah. um, but they would be <laughs> if it was up to if it was me on football manager I'd be throwing in cheeky bids for those kind of players no, I like I like it, Louis. I like it. That's the that's um yeah, I think we talked about click before we went to yeah. Louis. Like him, so Adam is Adam Adam Farshaw out of contract as well. He's so. released Again, him, but... he, he's been released by Leeds and I mean injury prone he has been at times, hasn't he? But yeah. Again, experienced midfielder, and, and when he's fit, he, he always puts a shift in. Again, a player that Neil Warner could love, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not keen on Forshaw, but um, that's because I have a friend at work who's a Leeds fan who's not big on him. So maybe I am I'm blind <laughs> by judgment. And yeah. yes, listeners, I am friends with Leeds fans. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's turned yeah, think... into ex Leeds podcast this last few seconds, hasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, me and Matt are still hoping for Aaron Moy to come back to town, even though he's mm, retired. So uh, yeah. we could we could get into that. I mean, we used to have a section return to the max, so. <laughs> That's basically, um, that was our transfer recruitment. But yeah, I think we'll leave it there, and we can we can talk off uh, off mic about all the transfers we'd like to see in midfield. But yeah, I think I think that's it. But um, yeah, we'll do that. So um, yeah, that's the first preview uh, episode of the season. So uh, Tom and I will be back to preview the next game, which is Leicester City. 
Um, Louis, thanks very much for coming on. An uh, excellent debut, if I do say so myself. Thank you for having me. I hope my uh, transfer wants aren't too ridiculous. <laughs> I'm awaiting the tweets. <laughs> and uh, we will put Louis' t- uh, handle out so you can yeah. <laughs> I think you'll just get people joining in, mate. That's what I'll say. Um, yeah, I, li- I like I like the names. They sound good. But yeah, we'll we'll leave it for there. Um, and uh, to tough for now and up the town. To town bring the car back to The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.